Hello, middle. Welcome, welcome. Hi. I'm Reverend Natalie joining you from Central Park. Y'all, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Just, you know, a little worship outside. Anybody else doing that? Come join me. I'll be here. And then uh, Reverend Daryl will be here um, starting at two. But we got a lot to do. So let's get right into worship. And before we do, we'd like to take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. All right, y'all, it is time for the message for all ages. So if you are young or young at heart, this is for you. Um, I have been thinking about um, salad dressing. <laughs> have you ever made a salad dressing? My favorite to make is um, this lemon vinaigrette. I use um, lemon juice, obviously honey, salt and pepper, a little dried mint, um, sometimes some hot sauce and olive oil. And all of these ingredients uh, kind of stick to themselves um, almost as if they were ignoring that they were all in the same bottle. But when I shake them up, and I'm not talking about some like gentle um, rolling shake. I shake hard and with gusto, mixing all the ingredients together until everything is combined into this um, sort of like pale creamy texture. And when I pour it on a salad, so good. <laughs> I'm sure I could have any of these ingredients um, on my salad, but by themselves, you know, not the same effect. And it wouldn't be as good as when I mix them all together. 
Um, and it definitely, of course, takes some effort to make. I've got to go to the store for all the ingredients instead of just buying an already made salad dressing, but the payoff is worth it. Um, and then this Sunday scripture talks about breaking down barriers so we can come together as one, kind of like my salad dressing. Um, it's easier to stay in our corner and ignore all that we are, um, you know, that we're all in this together, but sometimes it's actually messy when we try to come together. And that shouldn't stop us though from breaking down the barriers that separate us. The divisions are there whether we face them or not. James Baldwin said, everything that is faced uh, can't be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. When we break down these barriers, when we become one, we rise to a beautiful peace that is waiting for us. One that is rooted in love. See you, you later. Amen, preacher. Amen, indeed. And so we have a couple of ways in which we as community are continuing to stay connected, continuing to rise together, doing precisely what it is that our Reverend Natalie just talked to us about just this moment. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is first and foremost, y'all, the deadline to sign up for our free Children's Freedom Summer is today. So if you have not done so already and you have children that are entering either pre-K or moving through the fifth grade, they are all invited to participate. We are gonna be focusing on arts, activism, and just raising a just generation. And so we can't wait to be together. It's gonna be over the course of three afternoons beginning August 23rd. So if you wanna register your young people, you can do so by going to our church website, middlechurch.org, or you can email Reverend Amanda if you have more questions or you need more information. Also, this afternoon, we are going to be in Central Park for the second of three middle mixers. All right, Reverend Natalie has already ran over there and beat us to it. We're going to run right over there after worship and meet her. All right, and so we're going to be over at the Great Lawn from two to four. All right, we're going to be on the southern side of the Great Lawn from two to four. Also, you want to make sure that you know to save the date to join us at our homecoming worship celebration set for Sunday, October 3rd save the date right now you got your calendar handy you got a notepad anything make sure you mark that date down you don't want to miss us gathering together in person sunday october 3rd in front of the second avenue sanctuary at 11 a.m all right so if you're not going to be in new york or if you're uh new we also are going to be live streaming jackie's going to be preaching a fire word we're going to have wonderful music we are going to be kicking off the year of rising into what we are called by God to do together. All right. And then one other thing we want to ask people, if you are interested in finding ways to serve, one of the ways you can do that is by signing up to be a virtual usher. All right. Uh, virtual ushering is not too complicated, but we would love to have more people join us. You can also stay in touch with Kaede Health to get more information about that. All right. So if you would take just a hot second, and I mean a hot second, a split second. Center yourselves, find a comfortable position, and I'm going to invite us to move into a time of prayer, all right? And so those who are with us here in this Zoom space, you're going to be whisked away into a breakout room where for just one minute, all right, you'll be able to briefly lift up prayers with each other, again, just for one minute. So we don't have a lot of time, so make sure you give people space to share what is on their hearts in that space, and then after that, we will return back here together for the Lord's prayer with each other, 
all right? And so you're gonna be swift off into the matrix if you're on Zoom. If you're live, just stay right here with me and I have a word for us right now. And so to our God, we wanna give you thanks on this wonderful Sunday afternoon, another day, another opportunity that we have been blessed to be able to come together through the gift of technology, allowing us from all corners of the world to be together in the same space. You said in your word that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in the midst. And so God, we give you thanks that you are here with us in this place. And God, we also pray that you would make yourself at home with us in this space, holding us in our, in our needs, in our laments, in our pains, in our anguishes, God. God, there is so much happening in our world, so much pain and devastation, earthquakes that are ravaging the people in Haiti. We have uh, a war on the, on the brink of war in the, in the Middle East and Afghanistan, natural disasters of flooding for the people in Japan. And so God, we ask that you would also move in those places, God, that you would move us to be compelled to go out and be your hands and feet where we can. God, that you would move our leaders to do what they can to help turn the tide of environmental devastation. God, that you would move on behalf of our leaders to not stoke the flames of, of division and militarism, but rather that your reign and your justice will in fact be made known in this world for your people. God, we give you thanks for all of these things. And we thank you, Lord, that together as your church, as your hands and feet, as your body, we have been empowered by your spirit to go out and lead this world to greater justice and greater fairness. And so church, I'd ask that you would also just pray this prayer with me, the Lord's prayer. You can use it and you can, you can say it in whatever language resonates most closely with your spirit. In church, we say together, our creator who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, God, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, for yours is the power, for yours is the glory forever and ever and ever. And let the church say together, amen, amen, and amen. Beautiful church, beautiful. So good to be with you all in this interactive worship experience today. And so we are gonna interact with each other one more again. I know that's not good English, but we're gonna do it one more again. And we are gonna go into breakout rooms and pass the peace. Now it's ain't for you to go peace out, but for you to stay and pass the peace. So I invite you now to pass the peace with your neighbor, wave a hand, make a friend, and we'll be back in this space in just a little bit. workshops that we've done on Black Lives Matter and white privilege and all that stuff. I've been in the social groups like New Adventures. Financial distress and I was don't even talk about it to others because I figured that's for me to deal with but never had a church of like an actual church that actually cared. I'm so grateful for Middle and my choir family 
I know that I have been lifted in prayer a million times and I know that that is what has gotten me through the worst of my days. So middle has been a constant for me. It has been a very present help in a time of need and I'm so grateful to my middle community for welcoming and embracing me. And even though we don't have a building, I feel really hopeful about the community that we continue to be for each other because I see all the ways in which we are looking out for each other. Really love uh, connecting with the young people um, and all in, in general, all of the groups that meet together in this time uh, virtually. And on Sunday is also inspirational and, and gives me some comfort that someday we'll be able, you know, we will be together again and be able to hug again and do all the things that we did uh, before the pandemic. Wonderful. So church, I would like to just introduce now Tina Owens, who is going to lead us in our anthem. There's a new day coming. Everything will be turning over. Everything will be turning over. Where you gonna be standing when it comes? There's a new day coming. Everything gonna be turning over. Everything gonna be turning over. Where you gonna be standing when it comes? For far too many years, I've been marching, singing, and talking. Doing things I thought would make me free. While people halfway around the world, they've been fighting, dying, and bleeding. Now it seems that they are gonna be here. 
There's a new world coming. Everything gonna be turning over. Everything gonna be turning over. Where you gonna be standing when it comes? You know the book, the Bible. You read it and you'll see. It will surely come to pass. This is how it's gonna be. Those that were weak and humble would come to gain the earth. Then that shuddered at the bottom would rise and rule the world. There's a new world coming. Everything is turning over. Everything is turning over. Where you gonna be standing when it comes? The nations of Asia and Africa, they're taking over their lives. The sisters and brothers south of us they finally getting wise. Then take a look, United States, at the North American plan. Your strange mixture of wealth and hate, you won't be exempt this time. There's a new world coming. Everything is turning over. Everything is turning over. Where you gonna be standing when it comes? There's a new world coming. Everything is turning over. Everything is turning over. Where you gonna be standing? Where you gonna be standing? Where you gonna be standing when it comes? Amen. Tina, thank you. Amen. May that world come soon. Yes. Friends, our scripture for this morning comes from Ephesians chapter two, verses 14 through 22. Hear now a word from the Lord. For he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he may create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to you, those who are near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the God. And then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. 
In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the written and spoken word of God. Thanks be to God. Middle family, if I'm honest, the word peace calls out to me almost violently in today's passage. It's said four times. It almost feels like it's attacking me. Now, it wouldn't feel that way, of course, if we didn't feel so far from anything peaceful right now. We've already named things in the chats. Our hearts are with Haiti and Afghanistan and flooding in Japan. And how many of you are feeling a new wave of pandemic fatigue? After a month or two of trending in a good direction where we felt okay taking off our masks and seeing vaccinated friends, this Delta variant has come in like a wrecking ball. Now you've seen the memes. What's your favorite one? Put it in the chat. I know you know them and they're not lying. Just when we thought we could ease up, we're met with deeply concerning rising numbers and reports of greater sickness and transmission. When going back to school, as Natalie has mentioned, should be a time of celebration. Parents in Tennessee are attacking the cars of pro-maskers. And after just two days, a Florida district has asked 440 students to quarantine and saw four teacher deaths. And y'all, there are no more beds in the pediatric ICU in Texas. I'm talking about if a baby or a child needs to have an emergency anything, there is no room. We are failing our children. We are abusing our healthcare workers. We are in a state of moral crisis. We are not at peace. Middle, you sent myself and a few others to Tijuana a few years back to bear witness to the atrocity at our Southern border. There we sang together a nightly refrain. The chorus went like this. I'm not gonna sing it. When the world is sick, can't no one be well, but I wish we were beautiful and strong. And that's where we are, isn't it? The world is sick in so many ways. So none of us are well. But you see that right there is the thing. Not everyone shares that sentiment. Not everyone feels the interconnectedness of not only this moment, but every moment. Not everyone understands that it will take a global collective collective effort of care, science, personal and public health to get us through. We here today understand that when one is sick, all are sick, at least we attempt to, but it feels like an uphill battle. It's beginning to feel futile. In despair, we bow our heads. Who's bowed your head this week? There is no peace on earth, we say. Nevertheless, today's passage reads, he is our peace, he makes peace, he proclaims peace. Again, what's happening all across the world is not it. It's clear to me that though peace is promised to us, we are very far from it. Ephesians is thought to be written during the late first century CE, during a time when churches needed to find a way to live under the Roman Empire. It was a period that was very pluralistic and overwhelmingly Gentile within the Christian community. Now, notable theologian Elizabeth Schulze-Fiorenza rightly reminds present-day Christians to remember our own past in relationship to Judaism as we read this passage. 
We must be very mindful in our reading not to reinforce anti-Judaism teachings that dismiss Jews who did not recognize Jesus as Messiah. An incorrect understanding of this passage is to infer Christian supremacy onto it. Now, churchgoers were fighting with each other about everything. Thus, the primary purpose of the letter was to address division. The verses directly preceding the ones for today highlight the argument over circumcision, which, by the way, is a reminder of the patriarchal lens of the time. Communities are addressed and defined through the cis male religious experience only. Now, division, it turns out, causes unrest. It's the lack of peace. As churchgoers also divided on so many things today, let's continue reading. He is our peace, and in his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is hostility between us. Now, we don't talk about flesh a lot, do we? Flesh feels, especially in my experience, to whiteness, taboo, not relevant, secret, scandalous. And yet in his flesh, we are united. In his flesh, peace is possible. In his flesh, walls fall down. So let's talk about this flesh. Jesus's flesh is a certain kind of flesh. You've heard Jackie say this before. It's an Afro-Semitic flesh. The particularity of his flesh is important because it's a multiplicity of flesh. Biblical scholar Cain Hope Felder reminds us that the Bible is full of racial and ethnic diversity, and noting that is a first step towards correcting Eurocentric interpretations, i.e. white supremacy, onto the text. We get to peace through the particular flesh of this poor brown Afro-Semitic revolutionary. The multi-ethnic person of Jesus was on purpose from God to eliminate ethnic-based hatred to eliminate anemone based on wealth, to eliminate anemone based on gender, based on status, based on ability. And if we aren't particular about this, the dividing walls will stay up. We'll have people who claim to be Christians, who claim to be Jesus followers, who claim to love God, refusing vaccines in the name of God, and claiming that masks are covering up the face of God instead of revealing God's love. We'll have people who claim to be Christians protesting critical race theory. We'll have people who claim to be Christians still stand behind the former president, even after everything he did, even after igniting an insurrection, we'll be divided. We'll be without peace if we aren't particular about this flesh and what it teaches us. I think M. Sean Copeland says it best. If my sister or brother is not at the table, we are not the flesh of Christ. If my sister's mark of sexuality must be obscured, if my brother's mark of race must be disguised, if my sister's mark of culture must be repressed, then we are not the flesh of Christ. For it is through and in Christ's own flesh that the other is my sister, is my brother, we would add is my sibling, indeed, the other is me. Copeland forces us to think theologically about the body. The body is where race, gender, and sexuality reside. They are revelatory of each other. But society uses these elements to shape violent, divisive hierarchies. 
Any white colonized reading of the Bible has created such hierarchies and false stories that have led us to this very moment. This moment where peace seems impossible, where the walls are too high to even envision or invite conversation. White supremacy, Christian nationalism, the patriarchy have created an incorrect story about who God is, who Jesus was, one that erases his very flesh, thus eliminating the possibility of peace. Friends, what's happening right now with religious and political posturing over basic human rights and standards is in direct opposition to who Jesus was, to who God is. We get to the presence of shalom, to shalom, to totality, because a multiracial poor person abolishes division. And until white Christians, white America can get honest about the particularity of Jesus, we will continue to be divided. Friends, there's even more to this promise of peace. His flesh, his particular flesh, has the power to unify us. Natalie mentioned that earlier as well. But not in uniformity, not in erasure, not in blurring boundaries or making everybody the same in every way. This ain't oatmeal, Daryl taught us last week. But what we're talking about here is reconciliation. The reconciliation between human beings and God, God's self, that Jesus achieved by his death on the cross. It's because of this reconciliation between us and God that peace with another can happen. Now, I know that's a lot, but it's our promise. It's our hope. It's our work. In our multiplicity, suddenly, in place of Jews and Gentiles, in place of boys and girls, in place of Republicans and Democrats, in place of the haves and the have-nots, in place of all the tired binaries you can think of, we have in his flesh a whole new community of revolutionary lovers because we all belong to God through love. The dividing wall is hostility, not the differences. And through his flesh on the cross, that hostility is no longer relevant. How so? Because Jesus abolished the very thing they were fighting about. He abolished, now this is from the scripture, I'm not making this up, the law with its commandments and ordinances. Now the law of the commandments and ordinances is talking about a particular way that the law of Moses was understood and used by the Jewish people. It was seen as a set of commandments that was interpreted and expressed in these kinds of hostile decrees and ways. But through this fleshy particular Jesus, it was made crystal clear that any aspect of the law that was going to be used for ill towards people was not actually the law of God at all. Through him, the law is now only for the purposes of love, for the purposes of good. So whenever a law harms, it is not the law of God. Any law that functions to exclude Gentiles or black people or indigenous people or Asian people or trans people based on their ethnic or cultural or sexual identity is not of God. Any law that harms any child of God is not actually of God. And I know some poverty wages that harm. And I know some transphobic laws that harm. I know some abortion laws that harm. I know some constructed self-worth laws that harm. 
Praise be to God that God chooses to reveal her love to us by abolishing any law that separates, any law that harms, any law that does not seek good, thus making the way for peace and the possibility for us to get along. Maxine Grossman lays it out. Inasmuch as Christ abolished the use of the law to separate, the room for relational healing and reconciliation is created. So friends, hear me out. The world is heavy, but the promises of God are good. The world is unpeaceful at times, but our hope is peace. Our story is reconciliation. Our potential for relational healing is great. Laws that breed hate in any form are abolished under the promises of God. And we, our text concludes, are dwelling places of God. Peace and reconciliation, liberation and freedom come when we are the embodied multi-ethnic community of revolutionary lovers called to create a house of God where all can live in peace. And that's the reason that middle is so powerful. This is us. That's why you are so powerful. You and your particularity, you and your flesh are important. We get to mess up and try again together. In fact, every Sunday, we come together to say, peace be with you, thereby rehearsing the reign of God on earth. We are speaking into the world that which is our hope, that which we are accountable to, peace. So peace be with you, friends. Amen. Amen, Amanda. Uh, thank you so much for speaking about that active peace to which we're called. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of, of my story here today. Uh, and my story starts with a similar kind of despair that I think a lot of people experience right now and, and just in general. I, I had despaired of finding a church that would seek an active peace. I was ending my seminary journey and due to uh, participation and protests around the Eric Garner non-decision, all the churches that I had been interviewing with had moved on to other candidates. And I saw all these churches who had good professed values and who said that they wanted peace, but refused to engage in the kind of action that might bring peace here on earth instead of simply in the prayers that we offer. And so I found other ways to, to preach the gospel. I went and wrote articles and I did public theology at schools and I, for a time, stopped looking to find a church because I honestly was really upset at the church and felt burned by it. I know a lot of folks in middle have similar stories. And then I was organizing a beautiful exhibit of queer portraits and was looking for a church to hang it on the walls. And I was asking around because it was very queer <laughs> and a lot, some of the things were a little bit graphic. And I was like, I don't know which church is gonna hang this on their walls for a day. Uh, and someone said, you should look up at a collegiate church. And I spoke to Jackie and Amanda and they said, well, we're not just going to put it on our walls for a day. We're going to hang it for three months. We're going to do a big party so that everybody gets to see themselves enshrined and looking like saints in a place that they had been previously excluded from. 
and I saw and experienced that kind of church that I had been waiting for. And so when I had the opportunity to come and serve that church, I did so with thanksgiving in my heart because it was the church that I had been looking for, that love of Jesus that I had finally found me. And I hear that from so many other folks in meetings, in the streets, in all of the wonderful things we do together. That sense of been searching, but finally being found. Found by that love that dares to seek an act of peace. But the reality is that there are not a lot of spaces like this. I know I've worked in a bunch of them. And places like Middle Matter, and they can't exist without our collective support. The unfortunate truth is that evil is always very well-funded. But places like Middle, they will only exist when we pour our collective love together, contribute what we have, knowing that the work we do together matters. So if you go to middlechurch.org donate, you'll find a whole list of ways that you can give to this church. And if you go to middlechurch.org join, you can become a member because this church needs you. It needs all of us. The work we do is too important to be left undone. Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is o'ershadowed with darkness. No shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish. How can thou lie asleep when each moment so madly is threatening a grave in an angry deep? Master, with anguish of My sad hearts are trouble. Awaken and save, I pray. Torrents of sin and of anguish sweep o'er my sinking soul, and I perish. I perish, dear master, or oh, hasten and take control. The winds and the waves shall obey thy will. Peace, peace still. Whether the wrath of the or demons or evil whatever it be 
Amen, amen, y'all. Thank you, Dion. From all that dwell below the skies, let faith and hope with love arise. Let peace, goodwill on earth be sung through every land, by every tongue. Please, God, bless these gifts to be used for thy will and for thy purpose um, through the funnel that is revolutionary love. In your precious and holy matchless name we pray. Amen. Gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other.
about you all, but I feel rejuvenated and the potential for peace and love after worshiping with you today. Anybody else feeling a lift in your spirits today? Yes. Thank you all so much. Those of you who have joined us in the Zoom interactive worship space and a reminder for those of you who are watching on Facebook or middlechurch.org or YouTube that you can join us in the Zoom squares next Sunday as well and all throughout the rest of September to have an even more intimate worship experience. You're invited to join us here. I'm going to close um, in just a few minutes with the benediction. And after I do that, you all are invited to unmute yourselves if you'd like and just say hello to everyone. It'll be some joyous, chaotic uh, way to start our week and way to move us into what the rest of the afternoon has in store for us. Remember, Natalie and Daryl are at Central Park. We've got things happening all week and we hope you'll find us all over the world. So friends, as we go, May we be blessed knowing that we are children of God, called to live in peace, blessed by the particularity of the Afro-Semitic flesh of Jesus. We are held in the promise of relational healing. So as we go, we speak together our hope for the world, that though the world is sick and none of us are well, we wish that we were all beautiful and strong. Know that God wishes that for us too and that God will make it so through us. So go now friends in peace, beloved children of God, amen. <laughs>